0: This is Power Power Athlete Athlete Radio. With your hosts Denny K,
1: Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and
2: retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge.
1: time it's Denny I'm sitting here with Luke how you doing Luke what's going on Denny Ben Ben in the house and Tex McQuilkin how you doing out there great man how's it going (laughs) it's going good it's going good I'm rocking my power athlete board shorts that finally came in and I I got them uh, right when they came in Thanks, Chelsea, for helping me with that. I'm pretty excited, man. I feel like uh, one of the seminar coaches when I wear them. Dude. That's probably the closest I'm going to get, right? If I can dress like you guys, maybe throw in a couple bad jokes.
0: <laughs> what, the, no? what the fuck's that supposed
1: to be? Right? <laughs> Don't ruin the
0: whole seminar for everybody. It's all just bad jokes. Yeah, right?
1: Right. So, uh, it's, it's 90% speaking of looks, seminars, anyway. You guys are getting ready to go to Germany.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why uh, uh, probably a little early on on the release. We usually like to hit Friday so people have something to do on their weekend. But I got like a 24-hour flight ahead of me with some awesome layovers, uh, heading out to Germany for a seminar.
1: You've been to that place before, yes? Yeah, we went last year. Uh, where's it?
0: We went last year around this time, and it's Drake's Gym Reebok. CrossFit Nuremberg and they have a really legit setup. They were one of the first Reebok gyms, I think, right, Ben?
3: Yeah, over there.
0: Yeah, and uh and like they have this awesome facility that's that's definitely primped and proper for the level one. I mean, they have like a whole dude a dump truck's worth of, of med balls for like these fifty people level ones that that go on over in Europe. But they have a ton of space indoors that that allows for a lot of the running stuff we do at the seminar too and like a separate area for lectures and a conference room. It's like, it's, it's a really awesome setup and it's super conducive and it's, it's easy to travel to for a lot of the surrounding countries. But, uh, it was an awesome serve sort of last time. Last time we were able to stack it up with, uh, occupy strength event, but we just couldn't, nice. we couldn't drum up the interest and logistically didn't know how to, to do like a team series out there in conjunction with, with the seminar. So, uh, we we're afraid we were sorry we couldn't make a make an international event out of the team series, at least out in Germany. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. Good time last time and hopefully a better time this time.
1: Cool. Cool. What's going on with uh, the power athlete team series? Anything sold out? Final other, event. Other final availabilities? Event this, final
0: event this weekend in Monrovia, California. And not sold out yet, but teams are still signing up through the week. Uh, we want to pack that sucker up. We got a couple teams from our gym going out there. Gonna I, and I swear to you, Power Athlete Nation, anyone competing, we have held all the details on this thing close to the chest. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they performed well just because we actually take <laughs> like uh, the way we program for our gym and and how we train our general pop versus our athletes is, is relatively similar. I, you know, we focus on movement. We focus on replication of quality movement, we focus on movement through space, multi-planal movement, things like that. And these are the components that are, that are going to be required to be successful uh, on top of just being a strong, powerful athlete or a crossfitter or whatever uh, to, to get to that final event into the team series. And then when it comes down to the team series, final event, it's all about, you know, your ability to work as a team and your ability to suffer and dig, you know.
1: For sure. For sure. Um, I like how you were talking about um, athletes versus the general pop. Let's go back to that in a second. But first, uh, Tex, you have any kind of an update as far as uh, Wade's wings?
2: Yeah, we're uh, we're killing it. I'm feeling pretty good. It's only been about three weeks and we're nearing 50 percent of our goal. So we did set a big goal for ourselves of $30,000 and uh, I think we're sitting around 12 right now. So next step really is once the t-shirt hype dies down is to really get kind of teams involved. So that's what uh, a lot of the Power Athlete HQ, that's where we're focusing, calling out to our friends that we know that own gyms to really start this team, host that event and so we're just really asking for teams. So teams don't have to be gyms. It can be just your CrossFit football guy and you have a big social network. You're excited about this event. Reach out to your friends and family, get them involved, see what you can do about fundraising. Yeah. That's kind
1: of the approach um, that we took. Uh, we created a team. We're about halfway through our goal. Pretty excited about that. And I kind of just opened it up, um, you know, from like the current members to like bring their friends and family who maybe aren't members, you know, throw down 20 bucks, uh, do a drop in fee and like participate in it. And then I know yeah. some other friends, um, Luke, you know, Neil down in Naperville, like he's doing like a whole event, you know, like the weekend before the 12th, like he's, he's, he's taken it to like a pretty high level that, uh, I want to do as well. I like his idea of this, like this huge event, this huge throwdown. And, um, that's pretty creative of him on his part. Well, you should get down there and and do it. Get some of your athletes down there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go down there and help judge because we're going to do that. He's going to do the Wade's wing workout. Right. Um, I think that's the ninth, you know, and we're yeah. going to do it as, uh, as our gym on the 12th. So oh, yeah, yeah. Some of those people who okay. can't maybe attend the class that day, I'm like, hey, get a team, go down here. It's a good group of people. Um, and and yeah, we definitely got a probably a group going to that. And uh, yeah. they're pretty excited for uh For people who
0: don't know, that's the gym that I I first started doing this whole CrossFit and started coaching in terms of fitness. And that eventually led me to the seat I'm in today over here in Southern California. I, tr- I worked with Neil trained with Neil's training partner. So, uh, we're still in touch quite frequently. So as soon as this came out and it, I mean, he was like, after our initial meeting text, and it's like, all right, you got, you guys have to go get your gym signed up. Like I was on the horn with him. Like you better smash this thing. You better make this huge. He's like, I have an idea, you know, but uh, I've been breathing down his note his
2: neck ever since, you know, the, I want to see some big, big results out of that stuff. So. Yeah. The, um, the cool thing last year when Callie and I were running that gym, I know Mopar and IX, FKS on the blog. So they they were a few miles north of us. So I invited them down to come out and do the workout down at our gym. So it was kind of cool way to connect with more power athletes out there. I'd never met them before, and they they came down. It was, uh, it was a Monday holiday, so they had off of work. So it was cool to kind of bang weights with some other power athletes that were not really local but close enough that they could come down and we could kind of – do this, this workout together. And, um, right now, fundraising wise, I kind of recruited one of my old lacrosse buddies. We played together and almost friendly challenged him for fundraising. So right now I think I'm only about five bucks ahead of him, but, um, it's just going back and forth a friendly robbery. And he's, he said several times, like, this is a, a contest. He's not afraid to lose because it's all going to good, but he's still trying his hardest. So He's uh, he's recruiting as many of my friends as he can get to donate to him to try to steal from my pot, but uh, we're having fun with it. It's a good time. And I mean, everybody gets a t-shirt.
1: Well, those, you know, those are great ideas. Um, Get creative with this, you know, for those of you out there that hasn't haven't like uh, stepped up to the plate yet. I mean, the sky's the limit on all that Have some fun. I think it's one of the beautiful things about um, CrossFit and across the football, the community is that, you know, everybody's, nobody's shying away from stepping up for a good cause, you know, and you can't, uh, a cause like this is a great thing to contribute. I mean, just the, the like gratification that you feel when you volunteer, you know, your time or, or, you know, bang some weights for a good cause. I mean, it there's, there's more of a, of a, a feeling of fulfillment than just walking out of Walgreens and buying a box of Boy Scout cookies for a little kid that's just sitting there, you know, and you're trying to help them that way or like donating to the Salvation Army. I mean, you know, I can get into the statistics on that one about how those, you know, (laughs) where that money really goes, but this kind of thing running by people, you know, at, at this level, you know, you know that that money is going to go straight for that cause no bullshit. And I mean, that's, that's how you do it. You know, that's how you volunteer. That's how you can contribute. And, uh, I, I, I just know that, um, you know, like I said, the nation, um, CrossFit community in general, you know, they're not going to shy away from that. People will get fired up for this kind of shit. Sign up, get on those teams. Right.
2: Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I I got a great, great quote. My grandmother used to say, it's, it's not about perfection. It's about connection. So all this time, this whole, year we're spending work as hard as we can being perfect and training uh this this workout's really about kind of connection and fighting for a good cause
0: text you got all the one-liners you know it's just like the same jam different jelly you were right. you have coach, a book coach you have a book of these things
2: uh, i'm writing one actually it's, th- it's three lines deep yeah <laughs> nice but um yeah awesome it's i
0: can't wait for this thing to go down. I'm, I'm stoked to see where we get to, what the final number is. I think we're going to blow it up. We
1: should. Oh, yeah. Like six weeks away, right? Six, six and a half weeks? Yep. All right. Um. Well, let's let's go into a discussion uh, that kind of, like, dawned on me this morning, right? So before the show started, I was just kind of talking to these guys about uh, different challenges, challenges. Um, that a strength and conditioning coach can come across. And, and one is working with like your general population, the soccer moms, the desk jockey, you know, um, in a CrossFit environment and how you coach them, the things that you say to them, the expectations that you have versus like an athlete or maybe an ex athlete, you know, just still looking for that competitive edge. Um, you know, like this particular person, uh, one of the cues I was just kind of giving him was like bringing your hips to the bar on like a snatch. Right. And, and it was, it was hard for him to put that together. Now I know he has the motor pathways built because I've seen him do the same things in like vertical jumps, box jumping, kettlebell swings. So I know mechanically he knows how to open up his hips. You know, you put a bar in his hands and ask him to bring his hips to the bar. There's like a disconnect there, compared to the girl next to him, who has some uh, a little bit higher level of training. She was like in uh, I think it was soccer in high school or whatever. But I can tell her that same thing. She gets it all day, you know. It, it's almost like an obvious thing to her, you know. And it I wonder. It's like what's the disconnect there? You know, what do you guys see when you are coaching or I shouldn't say what do you see? What's the different, what, what kind of approach do you take when you're coaching general pop? And then when you're coaching the, you know, the the kid on the baseball team who wants to get called up to the majors and he says, you know, I got six weeks. Help me.
0: Well, this is, this is going to be an interesting um, uh, dynamic in the sense that, X is in the collegiate strength, primarily currently in the collegiate strength and conditioning circle where he, he was working with general pop and where, uh, Ben and I are primarily our primary primary client base is I guess on a Monday through Friday basis, general pop, but we work with coaches and athletes and are certainly capable of it. And there are things to take into consideration in the sense of our favorite tagline, you know, what are you training for? So if you're an athlete, odds are exposing yourself to a grueling training session or committing 100% of your effort and your emotion and your emotional capacity to a workout or a training session or a lift or your ability to complete or accomplish a task that you can associate with performance on field is just completely different than if somebody misses their reps as a general pop client. Right? Because what are they looking for? They just want to look good naked. Like sure they want to do well, they want to be able to do what everybody else does, but they're gonna be more prone to kind of do it at all costs versus uh an athlete that we at least I find in my experience who's gonna be who's gonna kind of pull back on the reins and they'll they understand that the movement makes like the movement matters, right? That it's about getting better for the end game, not just getting better for training. Um, so how we, I mean, how we treat them differently is, I guess, you know, I, I'll give our general pop a little more slack in terms of, um, accountability to a sense that, you know, how that training session goes doesn't necessarily determine their on field or their professional livelihood. Right. I got to keep these people safe. The risk versus the reward may be a different maybe way differently versus training a, an athlete where you need them to perform at a high level in a certain training session to, to accelerate the adaptation you're trying to draft.
1: Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. But what if you're, <laughs> what if your adaptation that you're trying to the adaptation, you're trying to achieve is like peak health, you know, peak performance for just for you know, the soccer mom just to kind of get through her day well, better. You know, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you hold her to that same accountability as you would, um, you know, somebody from more of like a professional athlete or something or a collegiate athlete? Well, the, you know, the I guess maybe that's the wrong change. way to say
2: it. Texko, What were you saying? What was that? Uh, the movements. The movements don't change. So what? What does change is like their goals, what they're training for. So if the mother is training for optimal health, that's one thing. Yeah, we want her to get full hip extension. We want to get to the bottom of squat, mobility, flexibility, all that good stuff. And the athlete's training for performance on the field, that skill transfer. So he has to hit full hip extension. He has to get to the bottom. He has to do these things because that expectation is this is going to get you prepared for your game. And uh technique doesn't stop and start once he gets on the field, it's kind of in the weight room and the mom, I mean, it's, she's moving safely. Her expectation is just exercise in general is going to make her live longer. So, I mean, Luke hit it on the head. It's all about the goals, what they're training for. So the approach, you know, for Jen pop is how many different ways can I tell him to open his hips until it finally clicks for him? So it's going to take him, I mean, weeks. It's going to take him attempts after attempt. Uh, It's going to take him kind of visual cues, whatever it takes to get him to do that. I mean, that's our job as a coach. So, I mean, different levels, bottom line, goals, expectations. What are they trying to
3: kind of jump on the back end of this? You know, I completely agree with, with uh, Luke, in terms of you know you guys talk about, general pop versus you know collegiate athletes or, or professional athletes, however you want to do it. Um, I may be speaking off offhand here, but I'm the only one who probably had like a strength conditioning coach in college, and uh, their approach to us was be safe. Um, I don't recall ever being yelled at to uh, to like worry about hip extension or even transference of you know, my, my effort on the field compared to what I was doing, you know? So I think we're a step ahead here, but your approach should be the same regardless. Sure. There might be a little uh, leeway on, on movement patterns, I guess. Like today in our gym, we had overhead squatting um, with some of our clients. And some just can't do it. They just can't get below parallel, but they're moving. They're moving safely. So on the general pop, I might get away with that. Whereas I guess if I'm dealing with our, our collegiate athletes or our professional athletes or somebody even looking for it, you know, I might change the movement entirely and just focus on, you know, reinforcing the movement patterns and things like that. I think we're all on the same page. I just think uh, we get excited on it, you know, hip extension, hip extension, we just need people to move explosively, you know, however that approaches on my, on my end, move fast, move aggressive, be powerful, be strong. And then, you know, what are you training for? As long as there's a mentality of there's a carryover to your sport or performance, uh, regardless of your general pop or, or not, I guess, if that, that even makes sense other than a rant.
0: Yeah. And I guess to, to give another comparison or analogy in terms of like accountability, I guess I would, I would be more prone to coach with a heavier Mm -hmm. hand with an athlete, someone who's come to me with the understanding that I know, the best way to prepare them for their sport. Um, what I know as a coach is if you're coming for me, if you're coming to me to get me in shape and the the stimulus of the day is an overhead squat and you cannot safely get into that position, I will bend. But if you come to me as a CrossFit athlete and you're like, Oh man, my shoulders are sore from, I don't know, push press. I don't want to do my overhead squats today. And I, and you're an athlete and you've come to me to develop your skills. Well, I need you to overhead squat. I don't care if your shoulders are sore, your shoulders are sore and you don't want to do it. Get out of my gym, right? You've approached me to make you better. Whereas coaching that soccer mom, if she has sore shoulders, I might be like, all right, you know, you're a paying client. You're here to get in shape. I know that there's really no difference between these stimulus. Uh, The primary, the primary conditioning response of this workout is going to be running anyways. I just need to torture legs a little bit then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So it's understanding where the skill overlaps with the the conditioning tool and and being able to differentiate from there. Whereas when you're training an athlete, everything's about position. Everything's about movement. When you're programming for that athlete, it should be very well thought out. Um, and not to downplay what we do with our general pop here. We, I mean, we sit, we just sat the other day for an hour and 20 minutes discussing our programming approach for the next few weeks uh, it's you should have a well thought out program, but understand what matters, right? So that's the difference between that general pop approach and and I guess that sport specific athlete approach.
2: The uh, I like one it. of the things I really, yeah, one of the things I really enjoyed working with kind of collegiate athletes when they they have that set goal. It is performance. I mean, they didn't go to that school to to lose. So they, they really, really care about winning. And so when I give them a program for the day or what we're doing and they look at me like, that's it. And one of the taglines I love is, is less is more. So they should be focusing on the quality versus how much work they have to do. And I know we, we talk about it and I mean, everyone says it in every CrossFit gym I've ever been to, but how many actually stick to their guns? So if it's solely squats and doing seesaw walks for an hour, you should be torched. Kind of depending on that rep max or whatever, it should be just focusing so intently on these movements and maintaining perfection that it is taxing. So that's the beauty of kind of uh, what I've learned to find versus general pop when they just want to go 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 go, and certain certain college athletes uh expectations perfection and they really push for it and it's cool to watch.
1: And that's like uh it sounds like you're preaching like the fundamentals, right?
2: Oh yeah. So I, I know I mean if it's you, talked about if you
1: were gonna take so let's change that around. If if you were gonna take an an average athlete or slightly above and make him the elites so he can get a couple more million on his contract or whatever. Right. You're not going to reinvent the wheel with that guy because he's had years of experience from different coaches. What are you going to do to, to help him kind of get to that next level? Are you just going to take the let's work on the fundamentals? Are you going to play it safe so you don't injure him or you hammer him hard on like, you know, these high expectations and, you know, and whatever, whatever his sport's going to be, you know, you're going to have to up his game if he lacks strength or stamina I or, yeah, you I know, guess
0: as a coach, you should, no athlete should ever get injured in training rule number. one. I agree. I you know, that's kind of like the, the hundred percent efforts assumed as a coach, it should be assumed that your program is safe and is tailored towards his athlete. Now, what are you going to do to make a mediocre athlete? Great. Sometimes that's not in your control. But if you can establish and assess this athlete and determine what the limiting factor is, what is keeping him from being great, then you have to drive a very specific adaptation. That's our whole said principle, right? You have to drive a very specific adaptation, and you as a coach should have a broad enough toolbox to figure out what you can safely implement to get him there or her. So uh, it may very well be the fundamentals. If you know. It may very well be just changing a foot position. I want you to squat wider if you're a power lifter. Right? Uh, so that may be it. Absolutely. So it's, it's it, that's a hard thing to answer. But I guess in the general sense, you as a coach better know, understand the sport, understand the demands of the sport, and find out where that player is coming up short. And then once you can establish that, you work yourself, design yourself a program based off of that, apply the movements the drills the lifts the what else the, the the nutritional protocol the the sleep patterns mentality i guess yeah you maybe you break this the psychology like a, maybe it's a psychological experiment i don't know what's keeping this person from being great but you better know as a coach and if you don't know you got to learn and if you can't learn then pass that athlete on to somebody who does know but uh ben, anything
3: to add yeah i mean Who's over here like a lot of people I think who haven't necessarily worked with a professional athlete or worked with a coach who has worked with professional or collegiate athletes is you think it's this magic pill or, you know, he made this person. You know, we talked about, we used to talk about Gary Sheffield, you know, came out of the womb, probably hitting baseballs. You know, these people are just gifted elite athletes because of a certain skill set that they've either worked on, honed, or were even just given. You know, John at our cert talks about, uh we'll be at dinner and people go hey i want my son to play in the nfl what do i do and he goes looks at the parents and they're like they're both five six (laughs) your kid is not going to be in the nfl unless he's a certain you know physical characteristics you know so how are you going to take that professional athlete and make him elite who knows what it is i'm right on top of luke and not to beat a dead horse you will it's your specialty it is good we're good at it (laughs) but that what's happening how do you make that guy elite he's already a professional athlete so maybe it's in between his head you know, me my job as strength conditioning coach for Raphael, like rafael ruiz was to fix people make them healthy make them ready and capable to do their job better uh, they're already strong they're already powerful um, how can i fix their movement patterns how do i make them just feel better move better perform better and again it's all of those things psychology of discomfort quality of movement, carryover, and consistency. And otherwise, I don't know that we're just, we're talking about this magic subscription that may or may not exist. Not to downplay yeah. what we do,
2: but posture position over <laughs> and over. Yeah, right. there, there's a, an, another good thing thought about this is kind of the measure of a strength coach. Cause I, I know at the college level, there's all these high up guys that are praised And how they evaluate themselves or show how good they are is by how many guys they have in the NFL or the MLB or professional athletes. But the true measure is kind of the guys that come in a walk on guys that come in, you know, 200 pounds. And then you take them in four years, you turn them into a 250 pound guy that's drafted. So it's a true measure of a strength coach. John, John loves to talk about this and, um, it's awesome. He played with Scott Fujita Vegeta, and Vegeta Cal. Guy came in, walked on a Cal, and then through that college strength and conditioning program, the guy turned into uh, just an NFL linebacker. So it's true test of a college strength coach is really kind of taking that walk on, taking that kind of blank canvas, painting something, creating something, and then setting it free. It's not the guy who comes in running a four-five. And then leaves running a four five. It's the guy who comes in running a five and then leaves running four six. So that's that's just another thing. You know, we talk about professionals, we talk about soccer moms, talk about college level athletes. There are just so many different things. I mean, that's why we're in this business, because it's it's fun. So many different things we can do. Yeah. That's awesome, dude.
0: I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore, but I like there's a lot of there's some good perspectives there and and hopefully people can extrapolate like the simple fact that it's very individualized, but there are some very common themes. Um and uh you know it could be a loaded question or very simple. Just you need the background to be able to understand the answer, really. So it's
1: something that's hard to appreciate. But um what else, Denny? What else we got? Well, we got the power athlete submission. Um George Carradine, I've been following CrossFit football for six months and have made excellent progress in terms of strength and conditioning. I'm an amateur soccer player based in the UK and I'm training to excel at my sport and also be bigger, stronger, faster in life in general. My question concerns how to best utilize the CrossFit football program when playing matches twice per week as typically I play every Saturday and Monday. My Saturday match is not the issue, but I am concerned by doing the SWAD or DWD on Monday morning, playing my match Monday evening, and then strength WOD or DWOD on Tuesday afternoon, the volume will become too significant to allow for sufficient recovery and adaptation. Would you advise taking Tuesday rather than Wednesday as a rest day and doing Tuesday's work on Wednesday? <laughs> or Should it be a case of scheduling extra food and sleep to cope with the stress of playing Monday's match and following the program as planned? Um, I'm sure there are plenty of athletes who have more than one game per week, so I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on how best to cope with this. Thanks for the great website. Your podcast is awesome. Add comments to iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start with the like. the the No, that's kind of a. There's a big there's a lot right there but all right so let's let's break
0: the question down um part the first part hey I, I play soccer uh, I want to get bigger stronger faster uh, my soccer matches are these days how should I skin the workout uh, I'm gonna let Ben answer that in a second because he's a soccer player he, he, you he plays men's league now uh, and I think he even plays like a co-ed league on the same week he plays soccer like every night and trains but first off <laughs> If the training volume in the program is not affecting your performance, then you don't have to worry about it. So that's first and foremost. Odds are though, as you do kind of reach this base level of strength and go beyond and approach this genetic potential and you're built, you're able to express more power out of the same system that you've been using, you're going to have to curtail the volume and it will affect your performance. So I'm going to let Ben now speak to that. Like if it ain't broke yet, George, don't fix it, but you're going to reach a point where you're definitely going to have to make a change and Ben, take it away.
3: Well, uh, jump on it. I play about three nights a week, one night being indoor, one night being co-ed, and one night or one day being a fairly competitive former collegiate players or former semi-pro professional guys from the MLS. Um, That's on Sunday. So I play about three nights a week, um, and I would consider that amateur. So first off, I don't know if amateur in the UK is different from amateur in the US but I'm going to assume it's one and the same. He's just playing pickup soccer. Um, for myself on days that I train, um, or days that I have a game, I'm not going to do the extra conditioning because that's going to be my conditioning side in terms of the CrossFit football conditioning. The purpose is to replicate, you know, power development, speed and, and your sport. So if you're playing your sport on that day, maybe I don't need to do the conditioning. I know for myself, I don't. I lift heavy weights um, on my on my training days, um, on my game days as well. Like Monday, for instance, uh, squatting 10 RMs. And then I had a game that night. You know, I squatted 10 RM at 5 p.m. And then I played at 7.30. I felt slow, but nobody else realized I was slow, if that makes sense. Um, I played Thursday night, with well, they stay Wednesday? So I play tomorrow. Um, I gotta, I gotta squat again and, and pull some cleans and stuff like that tomorrow. And I'm going to do all that. I just might not do extra conditioning. And just to go on top of Luke's side, you know, if it's not affecting you, you know, it's a, it's a case by case scenario you know, maybe he, he deals with a lot of volume and you feel good, George, and then, then keep, keep doing it. But, um, if you're playing twice a week and, and you're, you're feeling slower and you're not fast, you're not quick off the ball. You know, obviously you got to figure out what's your goal here If amateur and you're just playing for fun, uh, but you really want to get strong. That's you got to figure out what, what's more important. Uh, Now I know myself, I'm about 20 pounds heavier or about 11 kilos heavier than I was when I was playing collegiately. And, uh, I feel like faster. I feel stronger. Um, I'm way bigger than everybody on the field and they run into me. Uh, They're fatter, but that's different. (laughs) Um, but it, I feel good. Stronger, faster, it helps in soccer. And I know uh, a lot of the injuries, especially in the EPL, hamstring injuries or soft tissue stuff that can be corrected by just getting stronger and, and lifting heavier weight or lifting weights consistently. And I know a lot of programs don't do that. So I, I hope that answers. If, uh, if you're feeling slow and you're not being able to perform, you're not able to jump, stop doing your conditioning. You have the d portion. The d I would always do the swab though. I would always do the strength work just because that is – the D is supplementing people who aren't doing extra conditioning or playing sports um, for the most part.
0: Yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, you, you could shift some days around too, and maybe do like Monday rest day. And then like offset it one day where you're doing Monday's workouts on Tuesday. But, um, I wouldn't stack your Tuesday. This is getting too confusing, but here's what I wouldn't do. Don't, don't stack Two, CrossFit football's Tuesday workout with CrossFit football's Thursday workout because we're relying on that day in between those workouts. So if you do offset one day, uh, your suggestion of – didn't he say here – would you advise taking Tuesday rather than Wednesday as a rest day and doing Tuesday's workout on Wednesday? No, unless when Thursday's workout is done on Friday. That's a real shitty way to explain it. Unless you it. have a day before. Yeah, Callie just walked in and she gets so mad when I overcomplicate very simple don't statements.
4: Not work out.
0: <laughs> so like it's it's set up to be Monday,
3: Tuesday work, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday work. Yeah. Um so if you're going to take Tuesday off, I don't know, I I might say Take Monday off because you played on Sunday. Is that right? No, play you, on Monday. Oh, play on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Train on Monday, train on Tuesday. I think it still works because Saturday is just a wad anyways. And Friday for amateur and collegiate, it's typically a, like a speed pull mm-hmm. Olympic movement. So that shouldn't really affect your legs. Yeah. For, for squatting, exactly. except for a sprinting. And that only is going to probably help you feel better from
0: the squatting or pulling day on Thursday. It's my simple approach. Yep. Yeah. So break it down, don't do what you suggested, George, try to first drop your, uh, drop your D wads on a couple days to see if that helps. And if that's not helping, then, uh, offset it one day forward where you're following a day behind essentially. So that would be the recommendations.
1: Nice. Nice. Hey, Ben, uh, what did you hit when you did your 10 rep max back squat? What did I hit? This is, that's what question. this whole conversation is really What number did you get to? Should I lie? What was your 10 rep max back squat?
0: Uh, uh, I'll think what mine was. Uh, what Callie, Callie was right there and she was there. yelling at me because it was getting pretty sloppy around rep seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And then what did I do again? I forgot. 160, 160 kilos. 160. Which is three. Ben, Matt. 320, 350. 160, like 160, was, 160 was yours, Luke? Yeah, 160 kilos I did for my 10. And I felt awful that day. So I'm going to say that I probably have, won, have 165, maybe 170 on a, on a good day. But then I, <laughs> on that 10RM push press, I was able to pull off 100 kilos, 220, for eight reps. But that was also coach needs coach. I was going to do like 190, like maybe 188, 190. And Callie's like, you put some weight on that shit. And then I
4: called them big vagina.
1: And- yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so she gave me 100 <laughs> kilos and I failed on wait So 220 kilo push press. No, Is no, that what no. you said? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's stronger than close Damn, dude.
3: It's his hair. Holy shit. No, uh, 220 pounds, bro.
0: Yeah, for my push press. There it is. And that was okay. also conveniently Ben's 10 RM squat.
3: That's not true.
0: All right, cool. This kind of. uh, I squatted
3: 155 kilos at a body weight of 84. What's your body weight, Luke? I can't. I have an on scale. <laughs> uh, we made it forty percent. <laughs>
1: now, now, what do we want to talk about, boys? What's Well, I mean, shit, we got Callie sitting there. Callie, didn't you do that strong, strong man slash strong woman thing? Yeah,
4: yes, a, I did. A couple days ago. Yeah, it was kind of like a strong man competition for crossfitters. So it was a. Uh, It was sort of introductory, I guess you would say. It's fun. Did
1: you go in there and just kill it? (laughs) Second place.
4: Well, second place uh, in my division. I went to,
1: yeah,
4: the RX division, so the heaviest women's division. And uh, it's kind of bittersweet because there were a shit ton of women there. And uh, there were probably, there were three divisions. And there were probably like close to 15 to 20 women in each division And then in my division, there were only five chicks. And then when we started lifting and when we started competing, three of those five women dropped down to a lower division because they realized they didn't want to lift heavy weights. And that was extremely upsetting to me um, because that meant that I was either going to get first place or last place. (laughs) And I ended up getting last, which ends up being second place. So, (laughs)
1: That's That's pretty good considering it was just a few weeks ago, you guys were training for the, uh, for that, uh, competition. You were kind of going more towards endurance and then here, you know, a few weeks later, I don't know if you just took a week or so off, deloaded or whatnot, or if you just went right back to the grindstone, but to go into like a strength event and place high like that, um, that speaks volumes.
4: Yeah, I mean, it 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 was a lot of fun. The weight was heavy, and that's what I like to do. So it was it was worth it to me. Um, yeah, it was it was a good experience for sure. And the chick that beat me, she was a she was a worthy adversary. So I was happy, and she only she only beat me by just a a few wee points. And it was in like the most met Connie part of the competition. Naturally, I was just like wheezing, and so she beat me. She had, she had like a 10 pack though. And I only have an eight pack. So
0: she had two more.
4: She had, that's two more abs. If you're doing the numbers on that. <laughs> nice. cool. All
0: right, boys. Let's cool. call. Let's call the show. That's it. Episode 27. Yep. 27 in the books. Uh, let's, Thanks let's for joining. Up, so let's pump up a couple things real quick. Danny, before we all sign up. So we got Wade's wings. We covered that. Um, if you're in SoCal. Callie, the Team Series registration is still open?
4: Yep. There's we, just a couple spots left. And we do still have teams registering up until today. So yeah. that's pretty, pretty awesome.
0: Procrastinating. Down. Procrastinating. So Cal. Um, and then finally, uh, Denny, you've been extremely busy with emails. Who do we have coming up in the next uh, in the next couple weeks? Special guests. Dude, we
1: got fucking K-Star, man. Yeah, he's going to blow Dr. the Dr. Kelly Starrett.
4: <laughs> fucking case, where He's
1: gonna blow everybody's
0: mind
4: and tell
1: them how shitty of movers they are. And then we have uh, we have Jesse Burdick. But Jesse Burdick, yeah, dude, how fucking awesome is that? That could happen in the same week, right? That'd Can't really get those two on the same show because that's just too much. The internet might blow up. Yeah, I don't think the internet could take it. The internet might blow up. I know, but, but uh, I mean, you want to talk about? That two individuals at the top of their game, like revolutionizing their particular craft. I mean, I'm fired up. It's gonna be good. I'm dude. I'm sure everybody else is fired up. I mean, that's huge. Um, start sending in those submissions, right? If there's something, in, a lot of people ask about mobility, they reference the supple leopard. I mean, start emailing power athlete headquarters with questions that you want to ask. Um, Kelly Starrett, you want to ask Jesse Burdick some uh, questions on the, like strength and power training in general? Get on there. Send in those submissions. This is going to be huge. Yeah, it's good stuff. Hey, Denny, thanks for
0: getting us uh, wrangled in again, as always. And text, I'll see sure. you in a little bit.
1: Yep. All right, guys. Uh, talk to you later. Hey. Cool. Later. All right, guys. Later. Thanks again, Ben. Thanks, Happy Kelly. birthday, thanks, Chad gosh.
3: Hobbs. It's going to be a day late, but whatever.